Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show, still plugging away in lockdown, even though it's probably the last thing anyone needs right now. My name is Adam Bayfield, and joining me from his bunker, it's Tony Kerr. Hey. How are you doing, Tony? Yeah, good, thanks. You right. We're doing, we're doing this on Skype again. We've got the video open. Uh, a couple of, couple of notes from me before we get started. First of all, uh, I can see you sipping a glass of wine there. Yeah, i got a little small nice. red on the go. Nice glass of chablis or whatever <laughs> it is you're drinking these days. Uh, and secondly, uh, on the last pod, we were talking about how <laughs> you're working from home situation. You're working at home, your girlfriend's working at home. She had uh, quite quickly thought you were. You started off working on the same dining table. She had quite quickly forced you to move to the bedroom. Now, the bedroom is next to the uh, living room where the dining table is. Looks like this week you've been forced even further away down into the, the spare bedroom, which is further down the apartment. Yeah. You're one step away from the garage here, Tony. Yeah, basically. Um, yeah, it's pretty tough times here. I'm under the cosh. It's like a <laughs> lockdown within lockdown. At least she hasn't killed you yet, which yeah. is Upshot. increasingly a risk going forward, isn't it? No, it's not, we, it's not we, too we, bad. The only thing is, like, so uh, during my working day, she sort of wanders in every, I don't know, hour or two probably three or four times a day and just like accuses me of like having messed up, you know, like left clothes around. And I'm like, this is like, yeah, I, I, it's, it's yeah, this is, this is the way I work. Yeah, when exactly. I'm at the office. This is my, I've gone into just, full Al Gore mode in the, uh, I just strip clothes off and leave them lying around. Exactly. You just, it's a window into my life. Yeah. You know, my working life that she doesn't usually see. I, I am, I am concerned about uh, how things might develop for you guys going forward. We, we were, we were having a chat the other night on the house party. Uh, you had to dip out for a while <laughs> to go and have your dinner. She, uh, Emily had made you bolognese. And then you came back into the chat about like, not actually that long later, about 15 minutes later, you'd obviously wolfed it down, absolutely scarfed it down. And uh, we said, Oh, how was the dinner? And you went, yeah, not great. And burnt the bolognese. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure she can hear you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, burnt the bolognese, did that add more flavor? You know, it's, it's all still to come out in the wash. There'll yeah, be, there'll be a full report into it, the Bayfield report. Be an inquiry, a steward's inquiry. An independent, uh, yeah, an independent report. Well, perhaps we ought to leave your uh, domestic uh, difficulties uh, to one side. But um, no, I'm glad, you, I'm glad you're doing all right in lockdown. We are, uh, we're just over two weeks into it in Guernsey now, um, with uh, at least another two weeks to go. So, um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's strange times, really, and it's very strange. But kind of settling in to lockdown life, and um, as as we said last time, we are uh, we're trying to keep the podcast going over the next few months. Even though there's certainly no cricket to talk about at the moment, it's probably unlikely there's going to be much cricket to talk about 
for a while. Uh, but you know, we've we've managed to dredge up some content. Still got some uh, some questions and and suggestions from listeners to work our way through. Perhaps we could start though, Tone, by checking back in with the test for people who listened to the, the previous pod. Uh, they'll know that we we sort of talked about this briefly. This is the the documentary on Amazon Prime about the Australian cricket team and its uh, sort of comeback after the sandpaper scandal. Uh, and when last we spoke, and you'd watched two episodes, I hadn't watched any of it. Uh, I've now watched some of it. I'm, I'm, I'm halfway through it. So we're a little bit over halfway through. I'm four and a half episodes into it. Um, how about you? Where, where are you at? If you put the, uh, the glass of red down for a sec, where are you at? Well, now this is the, the first, probably the first time in history that I've ever done more of the homework than you. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I've got, I've got one episode left, which I, I thought I'd save. Well, as soon as you said that you hadn't finished it. I was like, well, yeah. I don't need to anyway. I know you said to me, like, oh, I've got one episode left. I'll finish it by the pod, no problem. I was like, well, I've only seen half of it. So uh, that gave you the excuse. Yeah, exactly. That you kept needed. me away. I mean, I, it's, like, it's weird in a way. Obviously, the last pod we did was like two weeks ago. Listeners might think I'd have had time to watch these eight episodes in those two weeks. But I genuinely, I was saying this to you before we started recording, then. I, I seem to have less time, even though we're in lockdown, I seem to have less time than I used to to do stuff and watch stuff. Obviously, kind of working from home, childcare. Yeah, I don't know, the day just seems to disappear, and I, I was actually getting quite annoyed because our, uh, our we have a, a, a group thread, message thread, with some friends of ours, the Film Pod Boys, uh, and they they're sort of like pinging around suggestions for for movies to watch. One of them, Dave, was saying, you know, no excuses here, no excuses now. You've got to watch <laughs> yeah. He's recommending like obscure Korean films. Absolutely no excuse not to watch this. I was trying to work out where he's got all that extra time, and then I realised, you know, doesn't have a baby. But anyway, going back to the test, as I say, I'm, I'm basically just uh, trying to justify myself for why I haven't watched all eight episodes, but I have watched uh, four and a half, um, and I am enjoying it. We 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 talked about it last time. And my question, having not seen any of it at the time, was, you know, is it a PR exercise? Is it kind of propaganda? Uh, for Cricket Australia and I, I don't think there's a bit of that but I don't think that's right and it's not at all like the um, Man City documentary uh, we, you mentioned last time there are a lot of uh, these kinds of things now these kind of sports documentaries uh, and one of the, the big ones being also on Amazon Prime All or Nothing uh, is a series and, and one of those uh, is about Manchester City and with that one I found that it is, it was a PR exercise. It was way too fawning. I think I said to you, like, I, I got sick of it. Like, I, I loved the first episode of that, but by the end of like episode three, I was really fed up, and I couldn't stand how how fawning it was. And yeah, there was a, there's a moment in that where I can't remember his name, but the guy who's like in charge of recruitment, like in charge of the transfer policy at City, was talking about their pursuit of Alexis Sanchez, and he was saying. Uh, well, we, we identified Alexis as a player who would really add a lot to our team. It's like, it seems faintly ridiculous now knowing what happened to Alexis Sanchez after that. But, um, but at the time, he was pretty much the best player in the league. He wasn't playing for Man City. So, you know, and, and that kind of thing I just find really annoying. And that whole documentary, that was the tone. Uh, but that's not the case here, I don't think. Well, what, what, what do you make of it? So you've seen more of it than me. What, what's, what's your view on it now? Yeah, well, when we spoke last time, I'd only watched the first episode or maybe two, but... Um, you certainly said two. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I went in with a with a high opening bid. <laughs> well, I, well, yeah. You've now said seven. How many have you watched? I'm pretty three? much there. Seven and a half. <laughs> seven and a half. Well, no, six and a half. Sorry, I'll do, do the math. Um, no, I'm really, I'm enjoying it. I really am. Um, I think it's interesting. Like you know, obviously, it's an in, it's an interesting period for the team and. You know, you, you towards the end, uh, towards the latter episodes, is, you know, is when Warner and Smith and Bancroft come back. But it's just really interesting to see, you know, the team meetings, the team talks, the the debriefs, and all that kind of stuff, the conversations that they had. Because on the field, we've grown up hating Australian cricketers and hating Australian teams. But none of the, you know, no, uh, and it, of course, it, it's pretty light touch stuff there's no uh, obvious signs of any like disagreements or no one seems to like, not get on with anyone else in in this dressing room but they They're all they all come blakes. they all yeah exactly but they all come across pretty well in this but you know by and large there aren't many australian sports people i'm pr- probably people will let me know that i'm wrong but Maybe I just I'm just easy to please, but there aren't many Australian sports people that I don't enjoy listening to. You know, talk about sport and um, you know they've, they've just got a good outlook on things. You know, I think um, Aaron Finch comes across very well in this, and I, it's, it's it's really interesting watching Finch's um, kind of trajectory through the series, uh, through the the through the episodes. You know, someone who has his struggles and you know, certainly more than most, but uh, but obviously as captain of the one day team, you know. I guess there were delicate selection issues, you know, for them to deal with there. But he comes across as a, as a really good guy, and I quite, quite enjoy listening to him, you know, talk about the, the issues he has. And, and it's yes. great to see behind the scenes at some, you know, some great moments. You know, we've obviously play, played cricket to an extremely high level ourselves, but you know, the, the emotions that run through the dressing room really aren't dissimilar to the ones that we would have, you know, we experienced as. 10 year olds or as 25 year olds playing in a, you know, in club cricket, you know, when, when games are slipping away, the emotions are the same when, when, you know, when you're watching your, your team bat and, you know, a couple of guys are, are out of nowhere pulling a partnership together. You, you know, the emotions are the same as well. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's really enjoyable to see. Yeah. Or when, or when a, a collapse starts happening, yeah, you know, when exactly. a, a couple of batsmen are out quickly and then, you know, the number nine scrabbling around in the kit bag, trying to find a chess guard, um, all of that stuff is is very relatable, isn't it? I was that, that's actually one of my one of my notes here. So one of the things I was going to say is it really yes. I find it really striking how similar it is, or how similar it seems to a school team dressing room. Like the, the way the coaches kind of address them, the way they keep focusing on like how they should behave and how they should comport themselves. You know, you're sort of waiting for one of the coaches to be like, "You're representing the school here." Um, <laughs> Is really how it feels, and but then actually, having said that, I, I haven't got to the end. And in episode five, that is that that becomes a bit of a discussion point um, that the players perhaps feel like they are being condescended to a little bit by Justin Langer, and that he's he's not treating them as as grown ups, and that you know that, that it, it perhaps is a little. They don't quite articulate it in this way, but that it perhaps is a bit too much, like a a junior team or a school team. But no, I agree. With you. I'm, I'm I'm really enjoying it. It's uh, it's fascinating to get that insight, you know, that, that window into an international dressing room. I've not really seen anything like it before. Like you, you see the odd clip or particularly revealing interview or something, but to actually have that sort of 
you know all access no you know access all areas um, yeah it's really interesting and it's, I, I would say it's, it's brilliantly shot as well I mean, it's great to look at there's some fantastic shots from out in the middle some really nice shots from uh, again in episode five is when the uh, the one day series in india there's some great shots of people playing cricket in india you know it's 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 really nice to look at and as you say they they all pretty much universally come off really well i think well at least in what i've seen so far the two most prominent characters you'd say are justin langer and tim Payne. well yeah, yeah. I, coach and captain but... yeah yeah no that, <laughs> what i mean is yeah. yeah obviously they're coach and captain but they're they're the two that are focused on the most uh, along with perhaps aaron finch who's coming into it more now but you know tim Payne, I, i've always thought is a really good bloke uh, as justin langer would say um and definitely seems it there and and you sort of get a feel for how much respect the rest of the team have for him. Justin Langer is, you know, is perhaps a more complex case. Still think he comes off well. Um, but well, I don't know what, what you've seen a bit more than me, but what, what do you make of, uh, of Langer in this? Yeah. Do you know what? I really like him. Um, I know I really, I really like his contributions. I think he's kind of funny. Like I, he always came across to me, like even as a young man, he looked like not an old man, but he looked like a probably like a bit of a grizzly kind of you know character. He mm. always had that kind of look about him. He was sort of old beyond his years. You know, I don't know whether that's just because you know we would have been obviously a few years younger than him growing up, watching him watching him play and stuff. And everyone sort of seems a bit you know seems older, but to me, he always seemed like a pro- kind of you know yeah a- an older character. But yet you know here as a coach, he's almost. He's like a sort of big kid, isn't he? In a way, like mm. he's, um, it's almost like he's got proper childlike wonder for, for, you know, for lots of elements, lots of players that he talks about. Um, yeah, yeah, he's kind of, he's kind of really see it in his eyes. The There's a moment the enthusiasm. in the second or third episode where, <laughs> where he asks one of the players if he's seen a star is born. <laughs> yeah. It's just a really funny, like, as you say, that kind of childlike joy. He's like, Mate, have you seen A Star Is Born? And, and the guy's like, "No." He's like, "Oh my god, it's my new favourite movie." Oh, it's, just, <laughs> yeah. it's like a really, it's little just throwaway moment, but it's really endearing. Yeah, definitely. And he, yeah, you can just see he's, you can see the the genuine love in his eyes for it, and it's quite. I mean, <laughs> for the movie, for the movie, yeah, for no, for cricket, <laughs> uh, and and for you know the Australian team, obviously, uh, like. Yeah, and and throughout the series, obviously, he it's kind of like it's a rotating cast of Australian legends and you know his former teammates who who kind of come and join him along the way. Um, and Graham Hick. And Graham Hick, yeah, he doesn't say anything. No, <laughs> it's just in the background. Yeah, um, but you know, you get uh, you, you get a very brief glimpse of uh, of Hados, who you you do wonder sort of what someone like that would make of you know the sort of Zampa Stoinis bromance that's kind of explored a bit, <laughs> which to be fair, like they seem like really chill guys. So you know, it, it's obviously a sign of of you know of a, a very sort of different setup. You, you kind of couldn't imagine maybe some of the more you know the old fashioned Aussie blokes, yeah, kind of going about their business like that. But yeah, he he pops up, you know, uh, Ponting pops up a bit later on. Uh, Steve War as well. You do wonder what some of those guys would make of some of what Langer is doing in the in the setup. Like he, you know, he's um, as you said last time. Like he is, he's much too obsessed with the idea of the good bloke, and like he seems to say that fifteen times an episode. But you know, you wonder how much truck 
Steve Waugh would have, you know, how much time Steve Waugh would have had for a good bloke if they weren't producing the goods. You see what I mean? But and also, I, you know, this is not just Langer, but there's certainly, at least at the beginning of that uh, of that Australian setup after Sandpaper, they they were doing a good line in bullshit where they like there's a moment where they're they're having a meeting and the, there's a PowerPoint presentation going on and it's got the the words that became a bit of a joke at the time about elite honesty and elite commitment and there's one up on the wall later on that says elite mateship which like i mean that is like a parody isn't it it's yeah that is w1a of kind of cricket yeah um overall i think langer does come across really well like firstly he seems like a good bloke he seems like what he would describe as a good bloke and at times i think he's quite an inspiring leader as well like some of what he says to the players at the end of a day's play or at the end of a match is genuinely like very good coaching i think it's very you know it's inspiring it's motivating and he knows that he's got limitations in that squad but he's doing a good job at bringing those players together and and trying to get the best out of them at least so far as i say one of the things i thought was that he was perhaps treating them a little bit too much like kids and but that is you know, as I say, I'm only on episode five, and that does seem to be something that's that's changing. Well, that's it. I kind of I'd forgotten just how shapeless uh, and and kind of impotent in a way that Australian team was that 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 came you know or came straight off the back of of uh, Smith Warner and Bancroft getting banned because yeah, they, 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 he had a pretty tough task to to go in and and pick up the pieces there. Uh, and uh, yeah, obviously, then you you get back towards the World Cup in England and, and the Ashes, and Smith and Warner come back, and you know suddenly when you've got Steve Smith playing like he did, it's you know it's obviously it looks like a completely different team. But you know you do you do get the sense that some of those players have you know really progressed under him. And then you know, as a as a whole, you know when you when you you know factor in you know Cummins, Stark, Lyon, yeah, they they go from what looks like a really weak side very quickly though players start to come back or fall into place and then yeah by the end you know you're looking at a pretty formidable unit and they deliver a, a result that australia haven't managed for a long long time so um you know it's in terms of his achievements there's some there's some great i mean it's really nice or it's really interesting to see you know just to see how they behave and and you know a, a bit more kind of the kind of behind the scenes stuff when they're talking about looking at the likes of like Coley and pajara and stuff and and other the players that they're facing, you know, like Langer says that Cody's the best player that he's ever seen. Yeah, I was uh, going to ask you about that. What did you think about that? Because you're you're on the record as saying uh, that you hate Virat Kohli and don't think he's very good at cricket. So, yeah. how did you feel I about that? Was that was about 15 years ago. <laughs> no, I don't. Ha- I've never hated Virat Kohli. Come on, Adam. but I mean, who's to, oh, who am I to disagree? Yeah. What that you think he is the best? <laughs> so you you think he's the best player that Justin Lang has ever seen? Yeah, yeah, I'm saying that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm saying exactly that. No, he, of course he. Yeah, of course he's a bayamoth. Well, you, yeah, you take you take him at you take Langer at face value. There, I'm sure. I'm sure he. I'm sure, he believes what he's saying, but I, you know, you feel that there might be a bit of recency bias going on. Yeah, there, but maybe not. Well, I mean, maybe would not. he? Yeah, would, would he say that if he was sat in a room with? <laughs> yeah, yeah, with Ponting, War. Yeah, like Hayden Gilchrist, you know. There might also be an element, consciously or unconsciously, of him. It's an it's a decent excuse, isn't it? If you say, if you're the coach of a team that's just got beaten, if you say that the opposition had the best player 
you've ever seen playing for them. It's like, wow, what can we do in the end? Yeah. It's the kind of thing we would do in our five-side team, isn't it? It'd be like, well, you know, that guy that guy plays for the first 11. What were we meant to do? Just Yeah, just going back to what you're saying, it's interesting to see them, like, to hear them talking about Kohli and Pajara and so on. It, yeah, it was interesting to, it was certainly interesting to get an insight or to, to hear that kind of honesty, that candor from some of them as well, just talking about how they actually were quite intimidated by yeah. how in players where they were incredibly frustrated and down by how well Pajara batted in that. So, you know, they just, even those great bowlers talking about how, like Cummins and, and Hazel were talking about how they just didn't know how to get Pajara out. And that's the kind of thing that you don't get in post-match interviews. Isn't it? That's the kind of thing that people get yeah. frustrated with, with cricketers and other sportsmen for just not really being honest in those kind of situation so it's it's nice to get to sort of hear the the real people when their real opinions come out a bit more yeah That's something you get in this kind of setting yeah i completely agree like I, yeah i guess in post-match interviews and certainly the press conferences for the most part it's kind of it's stock answers isn't it but it, it yeah and the other thing i think it's really nice is you know hearing from the players that would usually you know not necessarily get uh, you know as much attention obviously when warner and smith come back they kind of suck up a bit more of the oxygen but you know to hear from you know travis head and um you know berendorf you know the list goes on oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> others you know other other australian cricketers no you know do you know what i mean like it, yeah you kind of yeah you do get a sense of 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 personality of, of certainly cricketing personalities so it's, it's yeah it's been well well worth a watch in episode three, I think it is, there's quite a nice montage about test cricket. So the first two episodes have been exclusively, well, have been one day cricket and then the test series in the UAE. And then the th- episode three, it's the home Australian summer. And they kind of talk about how much that means and how much it means to the country and, and, and talk about test cricket and how much test cricket means in Australia. But there's, it's a nice montage with some, some great uh, footage. And you've got Harsha Bogle talking about how test cricket is like life, how it, it rewards persistence and resilience. And just like in life, you've got to hang in there in the bad times and wait for the good times to return. And, you know, sometimes, you know, it's not your day. And other times you just know that it is your day. And, and it was it's great. Like, I genuinely found that bit quite moving. And it also it made me think about my about my relationship to cricket. I mean, how how peculiar it is in a way because it you you get a sense in that montage of how much Harsha Bogle loves it and it's talking about how much it means to Australia how much it matters test cricket and test cricket and cricket more widely just matters so much to me that I was thinking about how peculiar it is in a way that I love it so much it does matter so much to me I love it so much that I've been doing a podcast about it for you know nearly 12 years at this point now (laughs) (laughs) I love it to an almost obsessive degree and yet in those 12 years, I've played about six games. And there's this kind of weird disconnect between how much I love the game and how much I love playing the game. And I, I don't think that's because like, I don't actually like playing it that much. If I liked playing it as much as I, as much as I like watching it and talking about it, I've played a lot more than six games over the last 12 years. And I don't really have that with any other sports. I love football and I love tennis and I love playing football and tennis. I mean, maybe, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy watching the Ryder Cup and I'm, I'm not interested in playing golf, but that's about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Do you, do you feel the same? Yeah, definitely. Oh, I wonder why that is. I've got some ideas on why that is, but I wonder if, if you've got any thoughts 
on that. I think it's probably because we're both pretty ropey players. I think that's ultimately what it comes yeah. down to. Like, not, yeah. that, not that we're like superstars of, you know, football and tennis, but I don't know. I, it's, it's certainly easier to be, you can get by in football and tennis without being threat. I, I don't, it, it's a weird, it, it's a weird, I mean, perhaps we'll, this is something to come on to with the, the listener question uh, that you got me thinking about. Like, I, I like playing football and tennis. Well, football's the best example. It's like, you, you get in a zone, doesn't matter kind of what the situ- the match situation is or the, the again, I have to caveat this by saying I haven't really played in any in any very serious matches, but it doesn't matter what's going on. You, you know, it's pretty instinctive. You kind of, you just do what you do and then you kind of think about it afterwards. Whereas I, th- I think, yeah, cricket is so much more in the head that it's, it's yeah, I, I've just, I was not cut out for it, basically. That, that's true, yeah. We're both, certainly I, I think we're both very susceptible to the yips. <laughs> so, so any sport that, uh, where the yips are a, a, a possibility, uh, we're not really suited to. And, and uh, arguably that's the case in tennis. I love playing tennis, but we, I'm, I've never been any good at tennis because I'm so bad at serving. And that's, yeah. that's all mental, isn't it? Whereas, you know, I've got a decent, Forehand, um, but that does, you know, and so that's fun to knock about, uh, but it's not going to, you know, not going to get you very far, no matter how good your forehand is. Yeah, so no, ultimately, I think you're right. The problem is that we're not very good at it. Cricket is a sport where you're much more exposed if you're not very good as well. Whereas in football, you can hide a bit, or you can do one or two good things in the game and then hide for the rest of it, or not do much for the rest of it and still feel like you've been involved and, and enjoyed it. Cricket as well. I mean, the thing is, I as you say, it's because I'm not very good at it. Because the moments where I have been good at it, and there there haven't been many, but those those few occasions where I have done well at cricket are some of the most glorious memories <laughs> yeah. I have. You know that I've talked on this podcast far too many times about a couple of summers ago where I came out in a run chase and hit a six and a four to win. I'll be telling my grandchildren about that one. The, the rest of my cricketing career has just been a series of, you know, it's just been one disaster after another. <laughs> um, because of that as well and the nature of cricket you know I was a bowler but if I wasn't bowling very well or if I came on and bowled Ted Wides <laughs> then I wouldn't you know it would be taken out of the attack and I wasn't very good at batting so actually my main memory of playing cricket is fielding and I don't enjoy fielding in fact I hate fielding and so I don't want to play anymore really because whenever someone suggests to me come and have a game of cricket what I think of what I think I'll be doing is fielding it's really sad. And, and in that sense, cricket's a weird sport, isn't it? Because it's it is made up of three different elements, and they're all quite different. And the one you enjoy and the one you're good at, you might only get to do for like five percent of the time. The rest of the time, you're either sitting on a bench eating baguettes and chatting, which is great, or you're fielding, which is less great. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, and it, it's nice, you know, even with you know people that you would. Uh, yeah, if to be really general, uh, you would say Australians, if nothing else, would bat themselves. Actually, like quite a lot of these, the players that are interviewed and you know, and who who've made up this Australian team over the last few years, are like are pretty frank about their fragilities and, and their and their worries. So, yeah, that that's the that's the one saving grace is that 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 those fears are, are definitely like up and down the game, aren't they, from top to bottom. Yeah, it's just in their case, they you know, they know that they can do it, whereas yeah. I have those fears and they're well justified. <laughs> um, but no, as you, well, as we were talking about before, that is one of the really nice things about the test is you do, that there are those more honest interviews, and it, it's definitely 
given me a lot more sympathy and frankly made me like a lot of those players more because normally when you see them in interviews they're they're brash and they're arrogant because they're trying to you know they're trying to keep that front up they don't want to let you see that vulnerability but in this documentary in this forum they feel more comfortable about discussing those things and that you know it's it's nice to see vulnerability it's nice to see a kind of human side to them it, it yeah it, it does um it does humanize them and, and make you like them more i think so yeah, i mean i'm in, i'm enjoying the series i'm enjoying the test i'm looking forward to watching the rest of it you know we don't need to sort of talk about it well maybe we do need to talk about it for the rest of our lives because there's no other cricket to, ta- uh, to talk about but but yeah, we will. Well, perhaps we can touch on it again next time once once we've both watched the whole. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. All right, Tim. Well, uh, moving on then, I believe we've got an interview to bring the listeners now. Yeah, no. So, yeah, well, it's going to be a while, isn't it, before we, um, yeah, before we see any cricket played, uh, now, regular listeners will be well aware that we live in Guernsey, record the podcast in Guernsey, uh, who have a uh, shortened, I was going to say triumphant history in associate cricket, have been a, a regular feature of the kind of mid to lower levels of associate cricket for, I don't know, about 12 or 13 years now. Um, so anyway, I thought, yeah, it might be nice to hear from, uh, you know, one of the the players who's been a you know, regular feature of Guernsey's team for yeah nine or ten years now yeah not as I say not much cricket being played Guernsey were supposed to be playing in a tournament in Finland uh, in June which would have been the first stage of European qualifying for now for next year's T20 World Cup the 2021 T20 World Cup now there was a similar qualifying process last year for this year's T20 World (laughs) Cup God knows what's going to happen with with that tournament whether you know I I think it's in October isn't it so I guess they'll they'll still be, you know, planning ahead as that uh, that will go, um, you know, will, will go on schedule. Well, that remains to be seen. But yeah, anyway, there's going to be another T20 tournament uh, next year potentially, if they can get the qualifying done. Anyway, obviously that's not happening at the moment. But um, but yeah, I've caught up with Will Peatfield, who's a uh, fast opening bowler for Guernsey. Um, played it as I say for nine or ten years all over the world: Singapore, Malaysia. Uh, played in a tournament in Guernsey last year, which we, we talk about, and he's watched a bit of the test as well, Adam, more than you. <laughs> so, uh, actually, yeah, um, why don't you just do the podcast with Will? He so. actually did the homework. Um, but anyway, yeah, we started, we started chatting about the test because he had some, uh, some observations. The thing I found about it is that, obviously, these guys 
from an amateur cricketer's point of view, are superstars, right? They're they're the best players in the world. Sort of like, I guess as a bowler, Pat Cummins is everything I want to be as a bowler. Like you know, is is and the yeah the yeah these guys these are the guys that you sort of model your games around. But at the same time, it's really what I found really interesting is that not even at sort of Guernsey level, you sort of you, you go below Guernsey level to like club cricket and even like age group cricket growing up, the emotions are all exactly the same. Like a loss is still a loss. And it's kind of like those games where you almost snatch defeat from the jaws of victory or whatever. Obviously in Guernsey, you know, we know you well, Will. Uh, sort, of, <laughs> you're sort of fast becoming a stalwart of, uh, of Guernsey cricket. Um, but for people who, you know, who might be listening to this podcast who don't know anything about Guernsey or Guernsey cricket, they've, they've heard me and Adam talk about it a bit in the past. But I think we, the last time we played for Guernsey together was probably under 13, <laughs> <laughs> which is going back a bit. You've played uh, for the island a bit more recently than that, thankfully. Um, but like for, for you, what's it like playing for... Um, for for a small island team, but one that that kind of gets pitted against much bigger countries in this whole you know this whole sort of associate melting pot of cricket. I mean that's that's the great thing. I mean it's like you said it because because Guernsey is considered an international team. We get to play against opposition which you wouldn't necessarily associate with cricket. We unfortunately, obviously, because of the COVID pandemic, we were it's not happening anymore. But we were meant to tour, for example, Finland in June. Right for a for a, a World Cup T Twenty qualifier, uh, well preliminary round, and um, it's it's great. You get to play against players that you've never you you'd never play against in any other environment, really. I mean, having played sort of club cricket and stuff like that, it's especially on Guernsey, you tend to get pitted against the sort of same players pretty much week in week out because it's obviously such a small island that the player pool is quite small. So, sort of playing for Guernsey, I guess you um, you gain exposure, I guess, to standard. Which, to be honest, the 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 standard of other nations, especially with sort of um, Asian immigrants, uh, I guess the standard is very good. Um, you're sort of playing against players who who will have played representative cricket, and it's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I mean, my first exposure to it was in we toured. Malaysia and oh no my no sorry my first tour was to Singapore in 2012 or 2011 and that was my first sort of I guess baptism of international cricket um annoyingly I got injured in the first warm-up game so I didn't actually play any games but uh, sort of just sort of seeing the standards you're sort of almost taken aback by it because again you're playing against countries which you don't associate with cricket right so I personally probably wasn't expecting the standard to be certainly as good as it was and yeah, I mean, I I now sort of playing for Guernsey. It's it's for me. It's the it's the pinnacle. I know it's sort of it still is amateur cricket, but it's it's incredibly competitive, and it's a great group of guys in the Guernsey team, and great coaching staff, and sort of the setup here is is really good. So I mean, annoyingly, before before coronavirus, we were we'd um, we'd been training probably two or three times a week all throughout the winter, and. Um, <laughs> So I mean, we had we had an okay summer last last year, but it sort of felt like a, a like a springboard year almost in which we could really step up because the team I think is now pretty, or certainly the squad is very very set. We've been playing together for a couple of years, and it sort of felt like we can really take that next step. And now obviously the well the the 
Finland tournament was going to be our main focus for this year. Um, but that's now unfortunately been cancelled. I don't know whether that'll be rearranged for later in the year. Um, but yeah, it, it was all sort of gearing up towards that. And now that's uh, now that's sort of been taken away. I mean, it feels weird. I mean, it's been, what, two weeks since lockdown uh, or two and a half weeks since and sort of three and a half weeks since social distancing and that came in. And obviously having trained since then, it's sort of, sort of itching to get back. I can't can't wait, really. That's massively disappointing and understandable that the tournament in Finland's off. I don't know what the what the ICC will do because like that was or there is a, a World T Twenty this year, isn't there? Yeah, or, uh, so sorry, T Twenty World Cup, the... and that was a this is this was the qualifying process for the next one, which takes place next year. But how they're yeah. going to conclude that in yeah, what is so like I mean, a couple so of I mean, months? Ordinarily, what we did for the World Cup this year is we had a qualifying tournament in Holland in the summer of two thousand eighteen, and we I think there's three European groups, the top two from each group go through to the to the final qualifying round, I guess, the final European qualifying round. We finished second in Holland uh, behind Norway. So Guernsey hosted the uh, European final. So I think it was six teams or eight teams played played over here last summer. And then the top top team from that went through to the, uh, the global qualifiers, which were in um, Abu Dhabi and Dubai, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, sort of in November, which feels like an absolute lifetime ago now. Um, so so Jersey won the tournament very marginally in Guernsey, um, just beating Germany. And so they went through to the um, they went through to the global qualifier and they actually did really well as much as it sort of pains me to say. Um, <laughs> them beating the UAE, for example, just shows sort of I guess the strength of European cricket. Um, obviously you would European cricket usually associated with the big guns, you know, England and then to a to a lesser extent Ireland and then you've got Holland and Scotland as well. But um for Jersey to sort of go, I mean, I don't even think they were really punching above their weight. I mean, they are, as I said, annoyingly a very good side at the moment. And um yeah, I mean I mean I, I think that sort of the strength of European cricket's probably underestimated somewhat. Yeah, that that was a brilliant tournament. Uh well in I mean it was it was tough. It rained uh, for a couple of days and and kind of <laughs> it, it kind of knocked things around a bit yeah exactly and it was I, like as you say Jer- you know and people listening may well know that Guernsey and Jersey obviously there's, there's an enormous rivalry between the two but you know I think most people in Guernsey cricket would hold their hands up at the moment and say that that what Jersey are, are doing is is at, at the very least very impressive and you know if yeah. not if not a real you know a bit of a model for for perhaps how any small yeah, small nation or, or whatever could 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 kind of gear their setup towards you know creating a real good team. But it, it was a bit unfortunate, you know. Guernsey aren't on a particularly good run against against Jersey in interinsular cricket at the moment, and you guys had to play them up first. Yeah, as, as I said, so, so yeah, it was, yeah, it was the finals. Like, like Jer- yeah, Jersey are a very a very strong side at the moment, and like you said, just touching on that, they um they sort of are reaping the rewards of all the hard work they put in, and that's and that's not to say that. So, sort of, we haven't been working hard. They've, um, they've, they've, they've got a lot of very, very talented players at the moment. Um, and obviously, with small islands or small nations such as ourselves, it sort of does tend to be cyclical. Um, like you said, we've we've had a bit of a bad run of it recently. Um, but then before that, we had a very strong side, and um, and we sort of got the rub of the green over them for a few years. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, as it as it sort of tends to be, it is very cyclical. Um, but yeah. So they so they won that tournament. We we started off playing them. I think it was a pretty one sided game to be honest, because we played them previously as a sort of I guess a 
inverted commas warm up for the for the tournament um, in sort of a best of three or well, a three match T20I series, which we lost three nil. Um, the first the first game of that three match T20I series was miraculously tied that game somehow. It looks like it was gone, and then it had to go to a super over. And I put my hand up to bowl it, and uh, got spanked everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, yeah, I think you're doing yourself down a bit there. It's not an easy task. No, I mean, I mean, it's. I've, n- I've never been in a situation like that before because I mean because we didn't know that that was the rule either, so we just thought it was going to be a tie, and then we were sort sort of all walking off and shaking hands, and they were like, someone ran on the pitch, sort of being like, actually no, ICC rules stipulate it's a super over, and we were like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah, I think I think we batted first in that, and we got sort of thirteen or something like that, and we came off pretty pretty chuffed, and then first ball I got ramped for six by one of their best batsmen, so I was like, oh, <laughs> just sort of it can all sort of change especially I mean T20 is so short it is short as it is but a super over just sort of everything can change in the blink of an eye and it's uh, yeah yeah. as I said so un- unfortunate to sort of come out of that with a 3-0 loss it's probably as I said they're a very good side but I don't think it's probably a fair reflection of, of how far we are away sides uh, from each other and it, um, I mean it was very much like the year of the super over really wasn't it and, and you know given, yeah. given, given what, what went on to happen I mean what, what yeah what was it like you know I, I guess waiting at the top of your run up to bowl the first ball, you know, having I don't know, would you have bowled any kind of super over or been in a situation like that before? No, uh no, not at all. Um I hadn't I hadn't even bowled particularly well in the actual game itself. So um obviously I yeah, I said I'd I'd ha- I'd happily do it, mostly because I didn't want to field and drop a catch or something like that. <laughs> no, I mean I mean obviously obviously I backed myself to to bowl it. I guess you've got to in sort of those situations. It was strange because by that time, sort of, there was there was sort of a fairly big crowd for a, well, about as big as you can get for a for a local cricket match on Guernsey, um, and yeah, it was sort of there was a real sort of almost atmosphere around the ground, and uh, I, I haven't really thought about it much since it happened. But um, actually, actually speaking of the Super Overs, it was the only time I've been reminded of it was um, I I watched the World Cup final with um, with most of the Guernsey team, and as soon as they went to a Super Over, everybody just looked at me. <laughs> And they were like, oh, here we go. How do you reckon Joffre feels? I've like, got no idea. I was like, I bet he won't get spanked for six first ball. I was like, yeah, brilliant, nice one. I guess you can't really prepare for a super over. I mean, you just got to bat yourself to sort of execute your skills as best you can. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I guess they're, yeah, their batsman just got there over the green. Well, personally, I don't think it was a horrendous over. It was just I thought they, they, they batted very well. I mean, there's, there's so much... Um, upheaval or seems to have been quite a lot of upheaval with the way. I mean, we we always talk about the structure of international cricket and and whatnot on this podcast, but um, certainly in terms of like associate cricket at, at those levels, things have changed. All the you know things are always changing, but they have changed recently. You know, when you look at what Jersey did last year, you know that really catching capturing a bit of the imagination really of, 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 of you know, a certain section of cricket fans. Do you feel like for them and, you know, you guys in the Guernsey squad as well, that's the opportunity, even though we're very small in these islands, you know, to, to keep pace with, with some of those, maybe, you know, based on the fact that, that you, you've got that benefit of being more tight knit of knowing, you know, each other a bit better that you can, that you can kind of continue to, to be a presence at, at that level of, of cricket. Yeah, yeah, we can definitely continue to be a presence. Definitely, it's like I said, sort of. So if you 
if you compare us and and Germany, for example, um, their their team could differ massively from year to year. Whereas you know what, as I mean, I could probably name Jersey Jersey's side, which they'll play next year. They're, they they their guys could probably name our side for the next ten years, or well, not ten years. Sorry, you know, <laughs> I hope not for the next ten years. They could probably name our side for next year. Whereas you you could quite easily see eleven new names on the team sheet for a Germany or a Norway or a or. A, or a Sweden next year, for example, um, their games are evolving rapidly. So, sort of, what what we found, for example, when when we played Norway, they were in our group in Holland in 2018. Most of the team was still there, but then you had some newbies who who, who turned up, and uh, and yeah, I mean, I mean, you'd sort of, you sort of you don't really know what to expect because obviously with the with uh, this level of cricket as well, it's not like you can sort of video analyze other teams too much before before a tournament like that or before a game um so it's almost sort of you're you're turning up and just sort of seeing what they seeing what they throw up on the day yeah uh, hopefully we'll see you out um yeah bowling for guernsey pretty soon and uh, enjoy the rest of what well, i say enjoy you know stay well in the rest of the lockdown <laughs> all right tone good work on that interview i haven't heard it yet as we're recording but uh, I assume you did a smashing job. Well, before we go today, we've just got time to uh, tackle one of the questions uh, that has, has come in from our listeners. Uh, people have been sending in questions and suggestions for things that we can talk about. <laughs> this is weird. I don't know what you're looking at, but you, you leaned very close to the camera there. <laughs> so I was just really... close up view of your forehead. Yeah. Oh. Was it like, I just got some stuff. Yeah. I've got a little thing over my keyboard, which tells me, um, you know the keys for editing video, right? Uh, and it, it, I think my laptop's getting really hot, and it was starting to bubble, not not literally melting, but it was starting to like move a bit. So I thought I better just, uh, yeah, reset that. You didn't spill the chablis on it, did you? No, thankfully not. Um, all right, well let's uh, let's let's turn our attention to this question then that has come in from a listener by the name of Noah. Uh, and this came in on the email, worldcreatureshow at gmail.com. And Noah says, been meaning to drop you gents a line for literally years, and now seems as good a time as any, right? How does an American get into cricket, or is it just about beyond hope? I'm a bit of a general Anglophile, Doctor Who, the Premier League, Monty Python, and so on, but dismissed cricket for years as incomprehensible and interminable. But as I listened to talk sports, I started to pick up a little bit by osmosis. And then one day they played How's That live on air and the scoring system made sense. Since then, I've been intrigued. Somewhere along the line, I picked up your podcast and I follow Guardian over by over reports when I can. But that seems to be where I hit a proverbial wall. Keep in mind that I don't live in one of the big cosmopolitan coastal cities, but I'm sure we have our share of Indian and English expats scattered around. Cheers and stay safe and sane in these truly weird times. Noah, I think what he means by that last bit about not living in one of the big cosmopolitan coastal cities say, is like, stay safe and keep well in these strange and weird times. I think you're going to yeah, sort of give me, patronise me about the coronavirus pandemic then. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> what he means by that? Uh, <laughs> what he means by that is that there's a pandemic going on, so yeah, uh, if you notice. I think what he means about um, not living in one of the big cosmopolitan coastal cities is that in America, I guess that's where, it, you know, if we were going to suggest, why don't you go down and watch a local game, you know, one of your local clubs play, you could do that if you were living in New York or New Jersey or, or LA or, you know, but um, as that's not the case, that's probably not an option for him. So 
short of going to watch cricket, how would you suggest that an American, an American gets into cricket? I mean, and we could reframe this. I mean, there is, yes, yeah, specifically for Americans, there might be some advice, but I was wondering whether we ought to just reframe this a little bit as, you know, how would you advise someone, like what would you advise to help someone who knows nothing about cricket, who isn't into cricket, get into cricket? And this might be helpful advice for, for people listening who are trying to, you know, convince their friends or who are trying to trying to bring their friends into into cricket um i i i ticked you off about this question so, so hopefully you've been having a think about well this. i've been having a think whether i've come up with any answers this is a very different question what i was going to say just before we, before you launch into it is just we do we have a lot of american listeners there are a lot of people listening to this now in america some will be expats but we, we do hear from americans quite often actually so um clearly the answer is listen to our podcast that's a, a good place to start but um but you know this is a, this is a relatively common problem, um, and it is. I can certainly see. I mean, cricket must be. I, I don't really have a memory of of when I got into cricket. I, I just, I, you know, I've I've always been into it as far as I remember. But I I've, I've certainly seen my share of people struggling with it, or you know, sitting down to watch it with me and struggling with it. And it, it's easy to forget when you are well versed in it, or when you are as as into it as we are saying it's in, it, it is easy to forget how impenetrable it is to the outsider or just understanding the rules to begin with and uh all the terminology which can be pretty baffling you know you can you can watch a passage of play for probably upwards of five minutes and not hear a single comprehensible sentence from the commentators you know it's just all, <laughs> yeah. he's moving fine leg round to more of a sort of deep backward square and that kind of stuff well or you might get like 10 minutes nothing. of no content related to what's going on in front of them as well <laughs> well that's also possible but i've said i've certainly experienced this in recent years with my girlfriend who's french and who thinks cricket is the most ridiculous thing in the world and uh, i've tried valiantly to explain it to her so and, and and i failed so perhaps i'm not the best person to answer this question but what what do you think i don't know when you when you look at the scoring you know the terminology and stuff it is you know it's, it's pretty dense or it's second nature once you you know if you've kind of grown up with it and stuff. I don't know if it's like any necessarily any more complicated than like quite a few American sport. I don't know like American football and baseball seem to me to be as um, or certainly the scoring for baseball and 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 some of the kind of the stats that you see seem as complicated or as as obtuse as, as anything you'd get in cricket. So I mean I guess the first thing is like p- people can be really put off by that by just even looking at the scoreboard it's almost irrelevant really like just in you know that'll come you know you 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 don't have to worry too much about it you know first up about the scoring no well no i think you're right i I think the scoring is is a problem and it but it is the same in in lots of other sports including baseball but i suppose baseball it's it's more immediately obvious what they're trying to achieve isn't it yeah that's true it's more immediately obvious what the game is. Well, the thing, the question you always get will be, you know, who's winning? And it's like... (laughs) And that's where you go, ah, well, that's an interesting question. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Of course, in cricket, no one's ever winning. You can say one side is on top. And this is how I explain things to my girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. But if, yeah, you know, if, if you try and explain the 10 numbers that are on the screen, say, at any one time, by about the fourth one, the person you're talking to has lost interest or, and, and cares little anymore. So that would be my first, I think the first advice is just 
It's just don't worry about that to begin with. Just ignore the scoring. Yeah. Yeah. If you're trying to explain it to someone or if you're just coming to it, just, yeah, try and start with like what the, the people in the middle are trying to do in, in their actions rather than like the, the effects they're trying to have on the scoreboard or what, yeah, you know, what happens at, you know, what each ball or whatever. Yeah. What the, what the match situation is or anything like that. Or just try and understand what the batsman is attempting to do, yeah. or what the bowler is attempting to do. Yeah. I mean, what what I was going to say is my 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 main advice is like it's probably not that helpful to know because I think the only the only way I've seen it happen before is you need you need a knowledgeable friend to explain it to you. Like you you need to go to cricket or sit down in front of the TV and watch cricket with someone who already understands it so that they can explain it because it's it's very difficult to just like read a book or watch a video that explains the game and then know everything because there are so many uh scenarios and possibilities and, and ways that a game can play out and you need someone to actually say oh well he's just done that because of this he's left that ball because of this or yeah i know that's not out because actually it pitched outside leg stump now what's leg stump well do you know what I mean? So you need someone with you. Is this what Noah's saying, though? Is he saying, how do you get into cricket if you're an American? Like, how do you play when you go to play? I don't think he's saying go to play. I think he's saying, well, he said, how does an American get into cricket? I, yeah, I assume, I think he's saying, how do you become a fan? Yeah, but presumably if he's looking at, like, over by over Yeah, know, I don't know. I could be stuff. wrong. Yeah. This but could I mean, be the most. Well, patched... I, I, if he's asking where can he go to play, I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't tell us where he lives. <laughs> so this could be the most patronising sort of ten minutes of, <laughs> of podcasting of all time. Well, I'm prepared to take that risk. What um what what match would, or what what sort of five minute highlight would you would you send if you know you wanted to capture someone's imagination? Yeah, I was thinking about that. Because, but I don't even know if that's the way to go. Because I was thinking, oh, the 2005 Ashes, and then I was thinking, oh, you know, with Ben Stokes at Headingley last summer or the World Cup, the end of the World Cup final. But actually, would are those things as good if you don't already understand it? And are you kind of, um, you know, are you tipping your hand a bit early there? <laughs> Is it better to save those things? But then having said that, I think I said this at the time, my mum, who, who does understand cricket, but is not a cricket fan, said of the World Cup final, you know, she watched that live on Channel 4 and said of it that it was the most exciting sport she'd ever watched, even though she had no idea what was going on. So maybe maybe that's the one. Maybe start with the last half an hour, 45 minutes of the World Cup final and just sort of let it wash over you. As you say, don't try and understand the scoring too much. I might just, do that, actually. I might just like have a few beers, put it on, and just like lie back and just close my eyes and just yeah, just kind of luxuriate in it. Are you having a few beers to get to the point where you no longer understand what's going on? <laughs> yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, maybe we ought to put together like a YouTube playlist or something, something that we could share for listeners to use if they're trying to get friends or you know trying to get people into cricket. Sort of our our suggested videos. It is tough, though. I mean, I don't feel I've actually given Noah any advice because I've said you need you need to sit down with a knowledgeable friend. But presumably, he, if he had one, he wouldn't be coming to us. So um, it's uh, it, it's going to have to be watching stuff on YouTube, isn't it? Yeah, it's funny. What I mean, like it's it's hard to empathise with someone who hasn't because I don't know. Like most people we know who like cricket, 
play you know you play it when you're a kid then you don't really remember learning the rules or any of the technique really apart well, from like, apart from the crow hop which is the only the only thing i can remember learning <laughs> apart from what did he say the crow hop the crow hop. <laughs> i still do the crow hop yeah even if i'm throwing a ball like 10 meters do a good crow hop to start. <laughs> um, but yeah, you just kind of, you, you, I don't know, it, it's impossible to remember. You remember like moments where you watched something and it, you got excited by it or whatever, but it's impossible to to kind of analyze the process, isn't it, when you kind of grow up playing something? Yeah, well, it's also just, it's a, it's part of the culture, isn't it? So, you know, you, you as you say, you grow up playing, but you just grow up with it around Um it's hard to. It's quite hard to imagine coming to it as an adult, knowing nothing about it. Um, but but I've you know I've I've been in that situation. I've, I've more than once in my life I've been recruited by people to explain cricket to their friends uh, who went to a T Twenty game uh, last summer, the summer before, summer twenty eighteen. Uh, went to Lords to watch Middlesex play Somerset, and um, our friend Nick. Uh, his his brother-in-law, who's Canadian, was there and was coming on to his first cricket match. And Nick was like, <laughs> I went to sit down next to Nick. And he's like, no, 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 you've got to sit next to him because you've got to explain what's going on. And um, and, and that, I, I think that is the best way to do it. Um, but obviously not necessarily much help to Noah. But it, it is difficult without that because... You know, like I've I've really struggled to see the point in baseball, and we've we well we've been to a game, I've been to another game, when we've been in America, and I although I enjoyed the experience, I just had no idea what was going on and thought it was stupid. But if I'd been there with someone who knew what was going on and was explaining it to me, I'm sure I would have enjoyed it more. Yeah, I want to know and like baseball, but I, yeah, I've been to two matches and I, I've 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 yet to be grabbed. Well, maybe maybe but, but- Noah can. Because assuming no one knows a bit about baseball, maybe we ought to do yeah. like a Zoom a Zoom meeting where we swap notes. <laughs> <laughs> because the thing is that baseball, while it doesn't quite have the history of cricket, it does have, like it has that that similar, or it, it has a a certain kind of mystique about it and a and a mm-hmm. tradition, doesn't it? And a yeah, there's the kind of the romantic kind of old baseball that that yeah that kind of still carries through, and um, there's so many traditions. Um, so you know it's not that far away but I, yeah like you say I've been to a couple of matches and I've not seen anything to grab me yet now that's not to say that uh, I might have missed something but certainly the last match I went to which was two three years ago in Philadelphia and it was the Phillies against the San Francisco Giants who at the time I think were the two worst ranked two worst ranked teams in the country uh, and it was it, you know it was pretty painful to watch and people would generally, you know, would genuinely be more excited by the t-shirt cannon than, you know, it'd be like crowd goes wild for t-shirt cannon. And then when the play is sort of starting up again, everyone just sort of settles back down to their <laughs> their crab fries or whatever. Like no, no one took any interest in what was actually happening. But the thing is, I laugh Which at is that, exactly the same about cricket. An American going to cricket would say the same. Exactly, say, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I just think you need someone with you, but... So I'm not sure we've really given Noah any actionable advice, and perhaps we've just been incredibly patronising because he's saying we may have misunderstood his question. But um, if he is asking us, like, where's his local club? I'm not sure we're, you know, we're the best search engine for that. So um, what I was going to say is, that, you know, if listeners have any suggestions, like I've mentioned 
we do have lots of Americans listening to us and we hear from um, Americans and Canadians and people we've heard you know, from lots of people in the past that the, the podcast has helped them as they're getting into cricket. So if, if those people or, or anyone has, has suggestions for Noah and people like him for uh, how, you know, things that help them, maybe videos they watched or, you know, other things that they did to, to help them get acquainted with cricket, send, send in, send those things in and we'll, uh, we'll share them. All right. Well, I think that's going to be it for the World Cricket Show this time. Uh, as I said at the top, we are we're hoping to keep the podcast going throughout this time, however long it lasts. So, so do send us ideas for content. You can do that on social media or on Facebook at Cricket Show, or on Twitter at Cricket Show, or on Instagram at World Cricket Show, or you can send an email worldcricketshow at gmail dot com. Uh, and yeah, just to say, um, you know, obviously, very much hope that everyone listening to this is is safe and healthy and and uh, and getting through this difficult time it's it's tough isn't it Tane? but um we're going to try and keep the pod going uh what i wonder oh, we'll if next going. week i wonder if next week you'll be uh broadcasting from the corridor yeah outside your front door or or the garage i'm, I'm definitely going to try and listen to you know tms are playing the whole of the headingley test from last year right. out as live almost so I'm definitely going to try and listen to Sunday. I mean that's cool, but I I, I get that. But I I would rather they they were playing the whole of a test from like yeah. 1982. Yeah, no, I get like I get that. that point. It's not uh, yeah. yeah, it's not long enough ago for me to want to listen to that to the entire thing all over again. Yeah, I do think they yeah Sky Sports cricket could be showing. You know, I'd love to watch like the West Indies tour from 1994. Do you know what I mean? That kind of stuff would be brilliant. But what they're actually showing is, you know, Stuart Broad eight for fifteen, which is brilliant. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm not going to sit down and watch it at this point. Well, anyway, um, as I say, do send in your ideas for content, and uh, we'll be back in a week or two uh, when I'll have hopefully watched all of the test if I can find the time. You're doing all right over there in lockdown, Tone. I do. I generally think I've I've seen more of you in the last couple of weeks. Possibly true. Than I normally do because we're constantly on house party. <laughs> all right. Well, cheers for that, Tone. Uh, I'll speak to you soon. Stay in school, everyone. Bye bye for now. Yeah. Cheers. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.